All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. Schreiber, and this is uh, Bull Bear Radio, Season 4, Episode Number 7, Dividends Do Pay Dividends, Don Schreiber, don't they? The dividends are powerful, man. Man, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes here. Man, there's been a ton of news. We're going to hit a little bit of it all today, just because there's a lot of news out there. There's a lot of noise. Should we be paying attention to it? I don't know, but maybe we should be, right, Dividend Doctor? Maybe we shouldn't be. I don't know. Oh, please. Oh, let's not on, do man. that. Aye. Boy. Boy, the whole thing is, you know, uh, uh, the feds took down uh, Paul Manafort and and Michael Cohen in the last couple of days here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so far, it looks like the market doesn't care too much. Do you think this is more of the same? Do you think the market cares, Don? I know, obviously, that they're trying to draw lines to the president and and such. But is this a priced in some of this this continuing news narrative uh, to a certain extent? You know, uh, so far the market and is indicating that most people just don't care about this story. Okay. You know, most of the media is going crazy. You know, this is really uh, very salacious stuff, but I bet you, if you threw out the markets, the market's been flat. Yeah. If you, if you threw out, you know, and it was supposed to be this massive bond bombshell that took the market down yesterday. Right. right? I mean, how far the day before, whatever, you know, how far down do you have to troll in the political framework, both politicians and the folks that are, you know, in and around politicians to find, if if they were to do this broadly, so to, find, far, to find an honest person. Well, so so you far, know what they, I'm saying? The, the, the guys got, you know... Uh, you know, convicted on stuff that they did. Sure, of right? course. So anyway, I, had nothing. It just ha, it has. No, you know, no, we'll have to see. And, more, and before more to the elections and long time look, ago, I don't want to get political here or anything like that. I just wanted to know: Do you think it's no. more of the same? And it it's, seems it like is. more of the same. Now, speak of more of the same, right? You unearthed, uh, you know, some video this past week, video footage of. You know, one of the big guys in our industry uh, that that's talks about, you know, modern portfolio theory and that you should diversify and all that kind of stuff. And well, you know, the it fa- seemed like the, he didn't the, the, quite the, do that. You know, the father the of uh, modern portfolio theory is considered to be Harry Markowitz. Good guy in 1952 uh, came out with a uh, paper about, you know, the benefits of uh, diversification reducing risk and increasing return within the portfolio. And he won a Nobel Prize for this work. And in the 90s, he won a Nobel Prize for this work. You know, this Mm -hmm. was important uh, work. And, you know, we're all for reducing risk within a portfolio. And and diversification. And diversification obviously has some benefits, much less than it had, you know, back in the uh, 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, even the 2000s, the early 2000s, you know, so, you know, look, if, if, uh, but you know, Harry, <laughs> I was surprised. if you want to see the video, okay. I was surprised Harry, you know, he's tactical and active and, you know, risk managed and, you know, not he's buying commodities, he's not, he's not passive. Or, you know, putting all his chips in the, in the California <laughs> munis. He isn't depending like, on diversification. Well, it's, it's an interesting watch. It's you know, three I minutes. Grew, I grew up 
you know, uh, being taught in this industry about, you know, Markowitz's work and, you know, the very foundation of most of the conventional investment wisdom that we have. And um, I, I got a kick out of watching this video. Uh, you know, so if you want to see, if you want to see the video, go over to my handle WBI President on Twitter. It's there. It's within the last few days. If you listen to this, we'll probably post it again, and uh, or and or check out my LinkedIn. And it'll be there. Okay, so that I do know it's there. Check it out if you want to check it out. It's three minutes. I think you'll be a little bit um, shocked at what you what you see. I mean, well, you know, just like everybody in in uh, that that's a, a personal investor. You know, uh, when uh, Markowitz developed the study, he was in his in his twenties, right? Yeah. Um, now he's, he's pushing ninety now. N- now he's in his eighties. No, he's ninety. Ninety, and yeah, you he's know, ninety something. When you get older and you're depending on your uh, capital for. Uh, sustaining lifestyle and driving income and stuff like that. Okay. You know, you, you get Dude, risk get adverse. Off, okay, you get risk get, adverse. Let's get off Harry here, okay? I'm not on so Harry. It's, Dude, you're all over Harry. I'm not. Yeah. No. Come on, man. So anyway, you know, it seems that the markets care about, seems like the markets have been caring about, not Harry, but uh, earnings, man. Am I yeah, right? Man. Am I earnings, wrong? Earnings matter, and you markets know, are you know pushing all time highs again. We've and had I think we've had a heck we had of an earnings, earnings season, season, right? And the market Economy's started trucking. to pay attention to earnings, and you know we've had a uh, you know kind of a run to test the top again. You know the all time highs. I think that continues as we have indicated before. You know this this uh, you know uh, third and four, fourth quarters could be really interesting from a market performance standpoint. Obviously, we got a lot of uh, risk overhangs. Uh, I see stuff every single day. I saw something come out from one of the biggest mutual fund uh, companies today. They said there's there's a grave risk of recession, looming risk. Seventy percent. I saw. Oh today. my god, seventy percent chance of recession over the next five years. That's like saying, you know, the sun will come up tomorrow. I mean, or, or honestly, maybe later the next five week. years, give me a break. Or, or maybe like later this month, the sun will come so, up. So, you know, let's throw out a headline that scares everybody. But really, the underlying thing is over the next five years. I don't care about the next five years. Well, we got to invest well, successfully hey, look, now. You know, maybe we should put out some headlines like that, too. So we scare a whole bunch of people into our product, right? Yeah. I mean, we manage I think, risk. If there's uh, a recession coming, dude, you might as well. Dude. You're worried. Come, come over here. The Fed will. The Fed is going to determine whether there's a recession. Jeez. Trade policy may push that envelope a bit. Yep. But, you know, those are the two big overhangs that we see mm-hmm. that could change the narrative on the markets. Earn- earnings ain't one of those. No, man. Earnings are supportive of the market going higher. So those two narratives, the Fed and trade policy, may in fact, you know, uh, cause the market... Uh, yep. You know, viewpoint, our market viewpoint to change. But All right. other so than that, four, right now, I think we're in companies reporting SP 500 up 25% on earnings year over year, 9.81% on revenue. Pretty darn good. Uh, pretty Dow, darn good. 25% growth rate. That's only pretty Dow good. Dow companies one up that. They, they're up 26 on earnings and uh, revenue at 11%. That's with everybody reporting. So, I mean, uh, that's, 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 it's in. And they did pretty darn good. Now, Russell 2000 companies, eight. 1952 of the 1996 that apparently constitute the index per Bloomberg 
earnings up 34.49% and revenue at uh, 10.26%. So blockbuster across small, mid, and uh, large and mega large caps. You know, and the smalls are are, are moving. The mids have started to move a little bit. So, you know, it kind of pays to focus your investments on some small, small and mids, man. You know, know, look at the the small side of the equation. Now, look, you know, the trailing 12-month PE is right around 24 at the moment. You think this is still high or, you know, I know the the forward PEs have gone down a little bit because of, uh, you know, estimates and all that kind of stuff. And it looks a lot more reasonable. Are you at all worried about the trailing 12 month being around 24? I mean, reversion to mean or average of 15 dating back to 1871 means we we could drop based on some of these geopolitical things. Based on historical uh, averages, you know, a 24%. Uh, times or 24 times trailing PE is high. But if I've got a 25% growth rate in earnings... Not too worried about it. I don't think it's really so all that me, high. Okay, let me ask you another numbers question here, okay? We just, by some sources, have uh, treaded into the longest bull market in history, but that would have to include rounding uh, you know, the, the number up in the 90s you know, on the bear market to, uh, it was a, it was a decline of 19.92%. But last time I checked, it didn't go over 20 unless you round it. So was it a bear market? Not a bear market, Tom. What do you think? It, you know, based on again, conventional wisdom down 20 or better is a bear market down 19.92 seems a little shy of 20. Oh, but you know, it's just you, anybody. That's just, just anybody can draw a line in the sand where they want it. I think that you know the uh, so nineteen point nine one not a bear market. Nineteen point nine two is right. But hey, from nineteen forty one, nineteen forty one, the people aren't looking back far enough. Nineteen forty one through nineteen sixty six, twenty four twenty five years, we had a bull market. We did not have a bear market correction in there that I'm aware of. That's a long trend. You could have a 20-year bull market here. You know, it's a long that was, trend. The longest was 1987 to 2000. Okay. That's the longest, 4,494 days. That All is right. the longest. Professor Matt. Yes. Got the history. I got the Bring history, Bring it to man. us, bro. Bring I'm, it to I'm us. Just, I'm just letting you know that the, you know, 19.92, you know, it didn't reach 20. So When I did that study, I was, I don't know lo- who's, I was, who's I was looking at 20, 20, 20% decline in a year. I wasn't looking from high to low. Oh, well, this is, this is in fact, high to low. Okay. Well, that's and, a little bit different look. Days. That's all good. Everybody else is doing some the sort of 19.92. I don't, this I don't know bull what the market, deal is. If, Second longest. Still. If the Fed stays out of the way, if we continue to get uh, fiscal stimulus and growth at three, four, five percent, this could last a while. Yep. It just depends on what happens next. So we were talking, right? If there's no what fiscal stimulus happened, added to what's been right. happening, this thing's going to be toast soon. What what happened? You know, we got tax cuts, repatriation. There's right. over $3 trillion getting repatriated potentially, right? Yep. This could be very good in the short term. Obviously, the overhang is, uh, you know, 
trade wars, China. I know some small businesses are getting crushed because they can't get their goods into the country at the moment because the shipping costs would be outrageous. People want an arm and a leg at the moment. Well, you know, this is hurting small business. There's something happening right now that could ameliorate that problem, which is China came back to the table, started to talk in the next couple of weeks. Right? You know, we're going to start a dialogue. You know, we could have a resolution to this in the next couple of weeks. You know, in and right before midterms too. So there's going to be a lot of noise on imagine, both sides here. It's I would be a imagine the president fall, right? would like to have resolution on all trade policy issues before midterms. Right. Because, because you know, what's happening is that, uh, you know, companies, man, cash flow from operations for S&P 500 companies on the rise. They're reinvesting in the business. Capital expenditures are up. Dividends. Dude, global record on dividends, dividend doctor. You catch that? Yeah, man. Huge, huge global dividends. All time record, man. Paid out. All time record. In the U.S. alone, we're going to probably hit a half a trillion bucks in dividends paid this year, and that's without any further increases. And another half a trillion in buybacks. And I think that number's really low. mm -hmm. I think it might end up to be a trillion in buybacks. So do you go and buy the non-dividend paying stocks, or you go buy some dividend paying stocks here? What do you think? You got some uncertainty. Over the long term, you know, uh, it's really simple. Over the long term, value outperforms growth stocks that don't pay dividends. Mm -hmm. Value stocks typically do pay dividends. Dividends give you a source of uh, positive return in good and bad markets and accelerate compounding dramatically. And small companies, mid-sized companies tend to outperform large cap companies over time. Since we've had such a crowded, significant outperformance at the top of the S&P 500 and all the other indexes by the large cap, non-dividend paying technology stocks, which we had in 1999, I would be definitely checking that bet and I'd be adding to value, which every once in a while so far over the last year or two has started to perform better. And I would be, uh, you know, balance between SMID and large cap in the value area, I would focus on high dividend mm-hmm. yield. That's our specialty. So, it's our sweet spot. It's where right, the dividend right, right. doctor so, lives. Okay, dividend doctor. Let me ask you then about a WBIY. It happens to be a product that you manage, right? Co-manage. Uh, has a 4.28% SEC yield, 30-day SEC yield through... Uh, June 30th. Okay. So pretty high dividend yield. That's a 30 day SEC yield. Myself, I like the holdings yield. I like to know what the securities in the portfolio are generating right now. So you were just talking small, mid, large cap. This is not your normal high dividend. You would think a four plus percent dividend yield. This is utilities and telecom entirely. No, 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 no. We have a very small exposure to the uh, defensive high dividend type stocks. Right. So the the top sectors, uh, I, I think you're right. It, it looks to me retail, right? 13.92%. Consumer discretionary. Hey, hey retail's had a, now, had a real nice run lately. Ooh, yeah, ooh. Uh, telecom is 13%, but that's where it maxes out. Now, what's tagged as an industry group, computers, is 9.39%. Tech, baby. So a lot of t- this seems very tech and, and retail oriented heavy to me. You can find, you know, some tech companies that pay some generous dividends. That's a great thing. You know, that started to change over the last, you know, 10 years P- or so. He's pretty stinking low, too, on, on the portfolio. So, so what's the value, value proposition here? 
Uh, you tell me. I mean, consumer discretionary, 26% of the portfolio. Financial, 17%. Consumer staples, 14 Telecom is maxed out at the 13 That's where it is. So the industry group's pretty pure at the 13 Information technology is 9 Utilities is only 5.79%. So it seems to me- So we like, have less than 20% to like te- this telecom isn't your and utilities. high div right. you know, play here. This is pretty diversified. It is. What's the, What do we got as a PE on this thing? I think it's pretty low. It's- uh, uh, indicating it's right, the, the it's, tremendous it's right around 12 12 on a tra- trailing 12 trailing. Months, so. so half of what the S&P is uh trading at for uh Now we're going to talk PE, more about 24. dividends Ooh. and why dividends are so powerful here in a second. Do you like high dividend yields or rising dividends or you like both? I like both, man. Okay. Well, you know, in our, in our uh uh strategy we're trying to get those companies that not only have a high current dividend but are increasing their dividend. Management is committed to, you know, using some of these tremendous earnings that we see in increasing that uh, dividend. And yep. one of the things that really isn't being taken into account, we had a 12% increase mm-hmm. in dividends paid Globally. over the last 12 right. months, right. right? Because of all this cash that's coming back. Right. And companies are trying to make their their, their uh, optics to investors more attractive, and they're using the dividend to do that. Right. You know, dividends, increasing the dividend, that's a persistent benefit. A buyback is a single one-time event. Right. So this isn't a rising dividend fund, but I, I did look because I knew you you kind of wanted to go here. Uh, companies over the last 12 months that we currently own here, this obviously changes over time, but this is currently owned on average have increased their dividend about 8% per Morningstar, right? Mm-hmm. So again, this is fluid, uh, quarterly rebalance. So this doesn't may not persist every single quarter. So I just throw that out there. But what we currently hold, these companies do have the proclivity to increase their dividend. Um, we're going to have some awesome, you know, uh, information uh, about dividends and why dividend investing is so crucial, we feel, as a piece of your portfolio coming right up after the break here. It's time for WBIY now. Stated simply, WBI believes that our multi-factor high dividend process for the WBIY ETF is the most advanced smart beta approach in the marketplace today. WBIY tracks the Solactive Power Factor High Dividend Index, which actively rebalances quarterly, setting in motion our multi-factor screening process to ensure that only the strongest dividend stocks pass through. WBIY has been designed to generate high dividend yield, protect against inflation, and provide consistent capital growth. For more on this and other WBI ETFs, visit WBIETFs.com. Oh, we're back here. You know, as always, follow us on Instagram, Bull Bear Radio. You can follow us over on the, the Twitter, uh, Bull Bear Radio is the handle. And you can follow Don and I, WBI President, WBI CEO on Twitter. And of course, you can find us over on LinkedIn. Uh, find the company, WBI Investments, on LinkedIn, Twitter, so on and so forth. So please, you know, continue to reach out to us. We, we really uh, appreciate the folks following us and trying to, you know, share information back and forth here so uh it's it's been great so far uh pick up the the podcast on uh you know the google play alexa whatever you do just follow the thing and and get it subscribed so if, if you can anyway uh wbiy right check it out we we'd love you to do that top 10 holdings CenturyLink, general mills l brands you know ibm keurig seagate kimberly clark ford centerpoint energy at&t so it's so looking pretty good to me 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool fund. It's right in our sweet spot. Don, you wrote the book all about dividend investing along with Gary Stroika, our chief investment officer. Um, and, and we wanted to talk a little bit about today why dividends. And I think, you know, one of the places to start here is that if you go back to 1930, right, 1930 to 2017, uh, dividends account for 42% of the almost 10% average annual rate of return you get from the market. So you're talking about 4%, you know, dividend, uh, over that period of time and only about 6% on price. Mm -hmm. So it would seem to me that to win long-term in investing, man, you got to have, yeah, you might have to be diversified, but you got to have dividends working to your advantage. Well, when you look at the S&P 500 or any other index and you look at the total return as opposed to the price return, you know, dividend compounding is in there and it ends up making the li- making up the lion's share of the total return. It isn't price. People chase price. In fact, mm-hmm. we think people should ta- chase yield and income right? Where it makes sense. You got to have high quality fundamentals like we do in WBIY. You know, you want to make sure that the companies that have these high dividend yields, the company to themselves have good, not only fundamentals, but they have good trends. Yep. And, and so you were talking about, uh, reinvestment of dividends and compounding, right? Going back to 1960, this was a study that we did not do, but I'm pulling the information here. You can Google it out on the web and probably find it pretty easily. But going back to 1962, 82% of the return of the S and P 500 can be attributed to reinvested dividends and the power of compounding. Unbelievable. 10,000 bucks goes to 400 and $60,000 on price, but with reinvested dividends goes to $2.5 million and change. Well, you know, I got a sweet spot for, uh, you know, uh, clients who are nearing or in retirement. You know, 35, uh, almost 40 years ago, we started to work with clients that were older, you know, their risk tolerance is lower. They really don't have, you know, uh, an index, you know, passive index product risk profile. You know, there's no way that they want to see their account. They put a million dollars in, they're looking for dividend income. They understand that it'll increase over time. But if you're going to see the normal market declines of 50% or more, these folks are out, right? Yep. But the important thing is to really focus on that yield. So we think that in focusing on the level of income production is important. I just pulled a uh, update to one of the studies that I did. Over the last 30 years, we go back to 1988 and we bring it forward to 2018, Mm -hmm. just the last 30 years. You know, um, the the average uh, payout ratio by companies, this is the percentage of profit that is committed to the dividend, has averaged just under 39%, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And right now, today, we're slightly below that average at 38%. So we can see that, you know, companies are still committing a good portion of their of their earnings oh, yeah. and the rising earnings to dividends. And as earnings increase, companies have these payout ratios. Let's say um, uh, at the board level, we decide we're going to pay out 40% of earnings. So as earnings increase, so does the level of dividend. And that's what we're seeing in that 12% number yeah, well, that we saw. Yeah, well, if I'm not mistaken, the, the like top two quintiles right, of uh, dividend payers are also 
you know, depending on the period, that usually the top performers too. They also happen to have uh, your top quintile, if I'm not mistaken. And this is going back over a similar period of time. They pay out 71% of, you know, what they earn in the form of dividends quintile two is like 40 some odd percent so right. your your averages here on on the you know close to 40 percent are right on but the guys who pay more usually do better as you're saying yeah well you know they they certainly are uh, if they can focusing it. on the income yeah. production and you got to be looking at the quality of fundamentals and the quality of their earnings and revenue trends and they have to be positive and growing to make sure that you know you've got you uh, sustainability a safe right. situation yeah. but if we take the s and p five hundred over the last thirty years as we were talking about you know uh Matt you were talking about going back to nineteen thirty that's a long time ago. You know, the, the uh, dividend yield on the S&P 500 at the be, uh, beginning of uh, 1988 was just about uh, 3.5%. So lower than the four, right? Right. When I came in the business in 1981, interest rates were a lot higher. The dividend yield on the S&P was close to six. Right. Right? So... <clears throat> The average dividend rate has yeah, been... Yeah, you're right. The average dividend rate from probably 1988 to 2000 went down. But yeah, it's it been on the rise since 2000. So it's climbing back up from where it was to where it is right now at the 2% two, 2 range. What people really don't understand is how uh, massive an increase in income this rising dividend is with a rising earnings potential. So if I go back and I look at operating earnings, which you mentioned, right? right. At the beginning of 1988, for a quarter, the operating earnings were $5.48 for the quarter for um, uh, the S&P 500. And we just ended the first quarter at $36, so $5 to $36, right? right? You're talking about a six-fold increase in operating earnings, Seven. And, and, and dividends would go along with that, right? right? So what I did is I said, hey, if you were a million dollars, if you had a million dollars and you were an investor and you put it in the S&P 500, again, at the beginning of 1988, it would have generated about $35,000 worth of income, 34656 bucks. On a rising basis today, the same million-dollar investment, if you never bought any shares or sold any shares, would be generating $177,000 of income, mm. 35000 to 177000 To keep pace with inflation, your income would have had to double to about 70000 Right, so it's got you, you got a hundred thousand dollar advantage yeah. over inflation. That's what people were looking yeah, for, and, and and the power of dividends is insanely in the investors' favor. Yeah, well, if you take it back a little further, you know, go back to 1972. This is another popular dividend study out there. The companies that uh, cut their dividends, a uh, um, hundred bucks actually went down and was had eighty five dollars. Hundred dollars invested. If you didn't pay a dividend, a hundred dollars went to. Uh, um, this is since 1972, 327. If you didn't change the dividend, paid the dividend, didn't change it, very consistent, 100 went to 2.7. So these numbers, even a, a decade and a half or so longer than what you're saying, jive, right? doesn't matter the period. They're very similar. The number might be a little different in terms of a million dollars, but dividends have got your back. The S&P itself, uh, 100 bucks went to $3,055 through the end of last year. Those uh, that paid a dividend over the period, 
The dividend payers. Um, How about the increasers? A uh, hundred to five thousand eight hundred fifty-seven. The, for the folks that increase the dividend, uh, as, astounding. It's just you know huge. A uh, hundred went to eight thousand two hundred and sixty-seven bucks. Just those were the dividend payers uh, that increased dividends. Whoa, eighty times your money, man. That's that's a big that's, number. That's nuts. It's, it's crazy. Isn't that crazy? So yeah. you know, so, dividends are are. Well, that's why we talk about dividends. I mean, if you want to win long term and you don't have dividends in your portfolio, dividend paying stocks, right? You're making a big a, mistake. Growth stocks, you might know, growth feel stocks good. may look good and they feel good and oh my god. Gosh, I look so look at that money when they correct bad because there's no dividend. And we hit that last week. Oh my goodness. So you're up 300% plus on price since 09 here and and 400% with the dividend, you know, plus at the moment since 09, not March of 09. But you go back 20 years and and you cut that return approximately in half almost. Because you had a couple bear markets. It's the same thing. I mean, you went down more than 19.92% or whatever it was. You went down 20 plus. The math of taking large losses is going to end up eating some return. Uh, you know, Investors favor uh, high dividend yielding stocks in bear markets. Mm-hmm. It's one of the other reasons why we like it. So anyway, there's big reasons to you know focus on uh Dividends focus on the yield that you can develop from your portfolio, really powerful, very consistent over time. And you know, these price returns, bull markets turn into bear markets, and the bull market gains can just evaporate right into bear market losses. And we're long in the tooth on this cycle. People tend to, you know, lock in those losses and then sit on the sidelines. All of the industry studies, uh, you know, yep. suggest that, and you know, investors actually do quite a bit worse than the index products that they might invest in. Right, right. So, hey, that's another episode of Bull Bear Radio. Next week, instead of the dividend corner, I believe we're going to be back with the business building corner. Yeah, man. So, got you some know, hot ideas. To we build do. those businesses. So, baby. so tune in next week, and uh, we'll be back with those. And as usual, thanks again for listening. And uh, you can catch, you know, every single episode of the uh, podcast on iTunes or Google Play or SoundCloud or any of that kind of good stuff. So uh, thanks for listening again, and we look forward to seeing you back here next week. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. WBIY's investment objective seeks to provide investment results that correspond to the price and yield before fees and expenses of the Selective Power Factor High Dividend Index. The index is designed to select securities from the Selective U.S. Broad Market Index that exhibit above average yield and fundamental value characteristics. The fund is passively managed and does not seek temporary defensive positions when markets decline or appear overvalued. An investment in the fund is subject to risk, including possible loss of principal, and should not be considered a complete investment program. Investors should be willing to accept a degree of volatility in the price of shares. Companies with high dividend yields are often sensitive to changing interest rates. Interest rates may go up, resulting in a decrease in the value of the securities held by the fund. WBIY has a net expense ratio of 0.70% and a gross expense ratio of 1.37%. Per Morningstar, WBIY's one-year market return is 17.91%. 
Since inception, return is 10.55% NAV and 10.52% market price. WBIY's 30-day SEC yield is 4.28% subsidized and 4.39% unsubsidized. The SEC yield reflects the dividends and interest earned during the most recent 30-day period covered by the fund's filings with the SEC under the deduction of the fund's expenses. The unsubsidized yield reflects the 30-day yield if the investment advisor were not waiving all or part of its fee or reimbursing the fund for part of its expenses. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investment return and principal value of an investment will fluctuate so that an investor's shares, when redeemed, may be worth more or less than their original cost. Current performance may be lower or higher than the performance data quoted. For most recent month-end performance, go to www.wbishares.com. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants are clients of WBI, main-owned stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time, and there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. Although a company may pay a dividend, prices of equity securities, including those that pay dividends, fluctuate. Investing on the basis of dividends alone may cause an investor to buy or sell certain securities when circumstances may or may not be favorable. Investors should consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. For prospectus and summary prospectus, visit WBIShares.com or call 1-800-772-5810. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Foresight Fund Services Distributor.